Welcome to another episode of Man United Way podcast. I'm your host Anmay and with me Amin Bhaskar and our guest for today's episode Pratim Sangupta. Welcome to our podcast Pratim. How are you? Hi, hi Anmay. Thank you for having me. Hi Amin, hi Bhaskar. Hello. So I'm I'm good. I'm actually wonderful. I just it's a lovely Saturday evening. But missing football already. So I can't wait for the Europa League to start. Yeah, same here. Of course, nobody cares about the FA Cup final because who cares about that? <laughs> Are they still doing it? I mean, is the final still on? Yeah. <laughs> no, but the FA Cup brings in a very important factor because if Arsenal gets to win the FA Cup, then they get a Europa spot for next season. So there would be yeah. actually three teams playing in Europa instead of two. So that's a gateway for them. But let's see. Yeah, Cons- considering they are a mid-table club, that will be a pretty big step up for them for getting into the Europe. I, I think Bhaskar, you are underrating their second half performance. I think Arsenal were not doing badly, to be honest. <laughs> so, but one, I, I ca- but, sure. but, but one can't deny that they are a mid-table club. Right now, currently, but we are yeah. also yeah, but we are also now Manchester United just fighting for top. Yes. Yeah, the so the okay. tables have turned. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> so, what we are going to do today is, today we are going to review our domestic season. And yes. we have agreed upon a set of questions that we will be talking about. And I think without further delay, let's crack on. Okay. Yeah. So, let's start with a high and uh, let's hear it from you, Prateem, because you're our guest today. What yeah. would you consider is our best win for this season? Actually, I'm in two minds. One is, I get reminded of our away win at Stamford Bridge, the 2 nil, And one is the home win against City. I think I will go for the away win against Chelsea is because I thought that was very crucial. I thought that was the beginning of a special run. And at the end, I think that propelled us to a kind of form that saw us get top four. And till then, I remember, I think Bruno Fernandes had just joined us a few matches before. And it was very inconsistent. We were always throughout the season winning three matches, then losing two or drawing one. And I think we drew against Wolves, but then won Chelsea. And that we really grew in confidence. I remember Harry Maguire's celebration also and how critical that win was because that got us closer to the top four. I think that gave a lot of self-belief to the players also. And I think that really helped us. And that also gave us the belief to go on and think, you know, now we have a chance for top four and eventually also get that result against City. So I would go for Stamford Bridge away. All right. That's a, that's a very good choice. Faster. Yeah. I similarly have also two games which I have in mind. One, if you talk in terms of results, I think the 2-0 win against City at home where Marshall scored and McTominay scored also in the end. That one was pretty good in terms of result because like similar to the Chelsea game what Pratim is talking about, it kind of gave us the momentum and it spurred us on and gave us much more confidence for coming games. But if that was in terms of results, but if we talk in terms of performance, I think after lockdown, the game which we had against Sheffield and Martial scored his hat-trick. I think the kind of performance United put in over there where it was like watching United 10 years back with the kind of football we were playing and in terms of performance, if you ask me, although Sheffield isn't that bad a team also because let's not forget like before lockdown, they were one of the people who were 
fighting for a top six position. So considering that performance against Sheffield, I think that was one of our best wins in terms of performance. Okay, I mean. For me, it has to be the City one. I mean, the City one that we won 2-0 at home. It was like a proper special game for a lot of reasons. I mean, first of all, we definitely schooled City the entire game. I mean, we we scored uh, we scored an amazing goal from Bruno's free kick in Martial's volley, and it was in the first half, I think, towards the 30th minute or so. And after that, right, yeah. we just we just controlled the game. City never looked like they were dominating the game or had some good chances in the game or something like that and we, and this is city we are talking about so we did really good right there and then towards the end of uh, the game we had that cherry on top moment where uh, you know scott smashes one in from near the half line so i think uh, that was the most enjoyable one to watch as well because first of all for the brags i mean it's it's rarely that a team does a double on city and uh, we did that even though they still are a really really good team and uh, we properly managed the game and won the bragging rights that day i think as bhaskar said that the kind of confidence we gained with the sheffield game or as pratim said the kind of confidence that we gained with the chelsea game i think a similar thing happened when we won against city as well because it felt like we were in their league uh, you know, in some ways, and we were able to take teams like them on now. So for me, it will be the best one of the season. Yeah, even I would have gone for that because that is one of the most memorable game came in a very crucial time, and it was in back to back. There were few tough games, and we actually didn't expect that kind of win against City. So yes, I would also go for that City win. All right, so. Let's try and dig into our wounds for this season. And Bhaskar, starting with you, what would be our worst loss for this season? Definitely the 2-0 loss to Burnley at home. I clearly remember that point of time, like when obviously things weren't going too well with us and we had injuries, but that was a decent enough team to at least win, like at least to draw, if not win the game also, at least to draw. But the, just the kind of performance we put on and it wasn't the loss because when you look at the scoreline, 2-0 isn't that bad a loss. But it's just that if any of you remember the game, just the performance was so bad. And I clearly remember after that performance, there was talks of Ole getting sacked. And I am a pretty vocal critic of Ole. And at that point of time, even I was thinking that he should get sacked. But yeah, obviously, Bruno later on, Bruno came on and things changed. But yeah, that game was uh, like it's literally left a scar <laughs> on me, on my mind. But, yeah, understandable, yeah. of course, of course. So, Pratim, I'm going into you next. So, what do you think is your worst experience? Um, again, torn between two. One was what Bhaskar just mentioned: uh, the Burnley performance. It it was actually quite pathetic, and at that point in time, I. I was giving into the urge of saying, yeah, let's have Ole out and why don't we hire Pochettino? And it was actually quite a bad time. But I also think that we got schooled by Arsenal in the beginning of this calendar year, a 2-0 loss to Arsenal. It was actually a very shocking performance, to be honest. I remember hmm. watching that match and I don't remember us ever even creating a proper chance. And uh, they literally dominated us. I mean, you know, Last couple of years, we've at least had that bit, you know, that 
Aston is a mid-table club. We'll at least, you know, pull out some sort of result against them. But yeah, these two really stick out in my mind. But yeah, but if I had to choose between one, it would be Burnley for sure. Because we just lost to Liverpool and we were looking to pick ourselves up. And immediately we again lose to Burnley. And uh, I, I thought the season was over at that point in time. I thought, yeah, there's nothing to fight for. And yeah, no top four. Europa was looking like, okay, that may be our only way in into anything. But yeah, I thought domestically we are over. Yeah, post that game, it had a kind of a soul-crushing kind of effect on most United fans. That was the first game of 2020 as well. So, I think in a way, it was an indication of how things are going to be in 2020. How shitty this year is going to be. That game was an indication of that. So, what about you, Amin? Which one would you consider as the worst loss? So, if you're being honest, I think there have been, you know, quite a handful of games this season that we have been pretty poor at. I mean, despite the the form and the squad and the the improvements in, in different positions that we did in the summer, there were a few games that were that we were really poor at. The one that I like hated the most was uh, the 1-3 defeat to Manchester City in the Carabao Cup semi-final. I mean. Okay. It was it, it was something that I just could not understand. We were 3-0 down before the first half got over, right? And we were not in the game. The, the tactics were wrong. The, the starting 11 was wrong. Similar to what happened with the, with the semi-final squad with Chelsea. And that is also one of the worst performances. I mean, it qualifies as one of the worst performances uh, as well. But the Manchester City one was like really bad. And we keep talking about how it is important for teams like Manchester United to win trophies, right? And Carabao Cup semi-final, I mean, it gives you some hope. Then FA Cup semi-final gives you some hope, right? That you just win this tie, you go into the finals, and then if you get a few things right, and if you're a bit lucky, you end up getting a, a trophy as well. We are in a trophy drought right now, so it is important that we win some trophies as well. I personally, as a fan, had really high hopes with that. I mean, we had already defeated City early on in the season. So I had some hopes that we might at least uh, bring the game to City. We did not do that and we just surrendered before the first half was over as well. So for me, that was the worst game of the season. Yeah, I remember that game. But I think City played some exhilarating football in the first half. I mean, to be honest, there were a lot of games. Like this is one of the worst games that United played. But you have to also admit that City played their, one of their best games in that half. And that is the best that they have played against us throughout the season. You could say that. If I had to choose one game that was very difficult for me to digest, and I can call it as the worst defeat, is the loss against Liverpool away. Because we actually played really well that game. And to come out of that game 2-0, that was, that was very difficult for me to digest. And I think I was so lost after we we you know got that result from liverpool i think the burnley result was just a hangover of the liverpool defeat and uh, i'm i'm glad things actually changed for good from there on but yeah if i had to choose one i would choose the liverpool one for sure how, how did you feel right after liverpool lost the burnley loss or you were just still in shock i i was I was very disappointed after the Liverpool loss, to be honest, because we did not deserve, the scoreline did not say how the game really went and 
Hmm. I think every player, almost every player, fought really hard that game. Like for the Burnley game, players didn't play well, but against Liverpool, players did play well. The result just didn't hmm. come out that good, and that was one of the worst defeats where I was feeling that the team was not able to take out or get results out of you know the performance. The performance did not portray what yeah. kind of game it was coming out to be yeah so i have a different viewpoint out yeah. here I, yeah but again so, yeah. in the game. liverpool Actually, game like we did put up a fight and we played well i think the point yeah. with the burnley game was that we just didn't put up a fight itself like the overall agree, game yeah. was pathetic so that's why losing to liverpool or city always hurts and arsenal also but then again like you know when you don't put up a fight itself like i think that hurts even more and especially to a team like burnley exactly yeah, i, I would agree i mean uh, for me as well i mean if my team plays really well and loses i might not feel that bad but True. if they play really pathetic if they are all over the place the entire game it is difficult for you to actually finish the 90 minutes of watching that game that is when i feel that okay this is a really bad game that we are having today to be honest beginning of the year we actually had quite bad performances number of them like the loss to newcastle and things like that so it just that it was right at the beginning so we are we forgot it our yeah. performances at the beginning of the year were quite pathetic our team looked disjointed we were wondering who would score goals in our team like lukaku is gone who would create until bruno fernandes came in and linked the midfield to the attack it was looking very disjointed up until then absolutely yeah but don't worry we are trying to come out of that uh, discussion which are going to mellow us down and we are going to talk about the player who has been the best this season so i'll go with amin first i mean who do you think is your player of the season for me the player of the season is anthony marshall i think this guy has performed consistently the entire season Uh, the stats are showing that as well but uh, one of the things that have that has impressed me the most is you know the improvement in his game i mean his hold up play and the way he's now getting chances he's creating chances he's not getting bullied by the defenders and uh, the finishing i mean it's very very good he is improving as a number 9 and it's very very good to see so for me i think he has been i mean there are a lot of candidates this season and which is in itself an improvement because this is not the case this has not been the case for the last 5 6 seasons we generally have one standout player that you know we just call that okay this is the player of the season and in more often than not that was every day for the past few seasons but this season we have like i think four or five contenders who we can call the player of the season so it was a tough choice to make and i think anthony marcial you know slightly uh, makes the cut so i was about to say anthony martial but just to be different and uh, i don't know I, like i i called dips on him <laughs> <laughs> so the reason i wanted to go for anthony martial is again because he performed throughout the season but my second choice was bruno fernandes i don't know like this guy just the kind of i'll talk about him because you know i mean already spoke about martial but the kind of impact this guy had on the team and the leadership qualities he showed i mean he had a goal contribution i think 15 goal contribution in 14 premier league starts that is as crazy like and even at the end i remember the last match against leicester he was he looked very tired but this guy can just change the game in a second his passing was off 
he was not uh, he looked tired just didn't look interested he was looking leggy but then one back pass by lester and uh, he clips in a through ball and we get a penalty and he converts it this guy is just mint he's his gold uh, he's a game changer i don't think he's as consistent as de bruyne but he is more of a risk taker and which we need i think if i had to choose yes he not played the entire season but it would be bruno Yeah, what's very refreshing to see is that, like, after years of just watching side passes and back passes from our midfield, like, to somebody to come in into the attacking midfielder position and <laughs> Jesse uh, Lingard, <laughs> so somebody to come in and like, you know, just try those through balls, even if it doesn't come off, at least to attempt those is like very good to see. but for me like i personally feel like for me the best player of the season was Aaron Van Bissaka aka Spider-Man because today obviously we finished third and everything but if you look at it like last season we had a pretty terrible season defense wise and this season he and Maguire has had like a significant impact for you know on us improving our defense and like even the like how you were talking about the starting of the season when we were playing so poorly like one of the reasons we didn't lose many games or like you know we didn't concede much was because of him and like i think like most of the big games when like came against sterling willian obameyang song i don't remember any attacker basically who's got the best of him like he pretty much out tackles and keeps the attackers out of play for most of the game and defensively i don't think there's a better right back in the premier league at least but he has to improve his contribution going forward but very interestingly like a morning i was looking at some stats like we all feel that luke shaw and brandon williams are very good attacking wise and van bissaka should probably put in more crosses and be like them but today when i was looking at some of the stats basically van bissaka has put in 103 crosses across the premier league season and obviously his accuracy is not that good it's 14 15% or something but brandon william and shaw both combined have 50 crosses so i think next season what we have to also realize that like lot of the season there was in the number 10 position and right wing there was lingard and dan james and all playing so who couldn't really complement his game after lockdown also we saw like his game is pretty improved attacking wise so i think next season he'll have a even bigger impact at least attack wise okay that's an interesting choice fan van bischaka i didn't see that coming but i think for best player i think i'll go with i mean for marshall he has been amazing and without those goals without those number 9 play that we have seen towards the end of the season i don't think we would have been where we are and goal difference has been the ultimate thing that got us in number 3 spot and without marshall's play assist goals we wouldn't have been number 3 so i think anthony marshall is minor i would just like to add one thing there i think if marcus rashford had not gotten injured i think he would have been the player of the season i mean absolutely. he was playing playing yeah, crazy absolutely. up until that time and as soon as he got injured and he couldn't like continue playing in the starting 11 anymore marshall was ready to take that opportunity i mean that makes him an even better candidate for the playing 11 he was doing okay yep. he was consistently getting in the goals here and there 
uh, but as soon as uh, rashford got injured he like completely took over and he like continued with what he was doing before and made sure that he keeps doing that till the end of the season so he was ready to grab that opportunity which we you know had not seen from martial before so i think like for that yeah. reason he is a, a, even a better contender for the yeah i think post lockdown also martial i don't remember him having even one bad game i remember fernandez having it but i don't exactly. remember martial having one bad game he is he was he was terrific to be honest yeah, so, yeah. true absolutely okay so moving on to the next one the most important player of the season starting with pascal yeah bruno no no doubts <laughs> about that because I, i i don't think like we would be finishing in the top 6 also if like it wasn't for him and his impact as pratim said 15 goal contributions and i think he's the first player to reach 10 goal like fastest player ever to reach 10 goal involvements in a season and we were seeing his numbers in sporting lisbon right where he was having 20 goals a season with 20 assists and like you know he had two consecutive seasons like that but everybody thought that you know this guy is just doing it in the portuguese league was a big deal but when he came to the premier league and he was producing similar numbers i think that took everybody by surprise and just a kind of impact like because a lot of the times people think it's just his stats and stats and stuff like that but just his mentality because like you know as soon like i don't know if you guys remember as soon as he came on the first game which he had like he was already shouting at van bissaka telling him where to make the runs he was telling martial where to where to make the runs so yep. like we lacked a person like that because most of our players like you know they like when the pressure is on, on them they kind of go into hiding so for a character like him to come into the team and the kind of effect he had on the on our gameplay and results of course like, uh, was amazing and i was reading a stat that before fernandez like we were averaging 1.4 points per game this season and after he came in that increased to 2.3 points per game and obviously like since the time he came in we got the most number of points in the premier league so yep. very opt- optimistic about next season now i think there is no debate here uh, i don't think anyone would disagree that bruno fernandes is not the most important player for this season uh, one of the reasons why i did not put him as the best player was because like i wanted to put him in this one if we had not made this signing in january there was no way we would have finished in in top 4 like absolutely it was not possible and by the looks of how things were going we would have been probably worse than what we were uh, post lockdown if that signing had not had happened i think there is one uh, you know thing that i would like to say here is that i said this before i'm not trying to take anything away from bruno he is an incredible player a very you know good leader he has like definitely led the team rose to the occasion and like completely like took ownership of the job but i think bruno's impact also shows us how badly we have missed a competent number 10 like we have said this i've said this before as well any decent number 10 uh, would have had an impact in a team like this behind the front three that we had it was just that bruno or anyone of that capability was not there in our team that uh, we did not have those kind of performances before i mean lingard was like just running all over the place not creating any chances and things like that so i think bruno has taken that opportunity and he has done his job really well and he is turning the numbers in 
So that's one of the reasons why we see such impressive impact from him as well. But yes, I mean, he is definitely the most important player for, for the season for us. Uh, can there be any other answer? I don't think yeah, so. But, I think it's uh, a I'm, pretty just, unanimous yeah, choice. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, I'm just happy saying that it's not David De Gea. And, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so that, that gives me a lot of relief. But just putting yeah. it out there, you know, my second choice is a bit controversial, but it was Harry Maguire. No, yeah. definitely. No, that's all right, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah because sense. I do think he's made a lot of defensive lapses, but uh, a few. But I think he, he's been very important to our defense. I think both attack and defense, and if you keep conceding goals, you know, you're not going to win anything. So, yeah, I think he's made a very good, very good impact on our defense. Nice. I think my choice would also be Bruno, but I just want to add one more thing that there has to be a, some kind of investigation to find out why no other clubs went for this kind of talent and how come Ed had that kind of leverage to go on negotiating the same throughout the window and finally get him paying even more. So that was absolutely criminal. And I still don't know why no other clubs went for him. It's, it's very awkward. And this I, is pre-COVID era also. I think Tottenham was going for him in the summer, but like the deal didn't materialize. But yeah, it's quite shocking that Actually, he went to, for him. To be honest, uh, you know, Kevin De Bruyne was expensive, but no one else went for De Bruyne other than City. That yeah, season true. too. So, yeah, um, yeah the, 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 there are some transfers that really shock you that why are. But De Bruyne was also a flop in Chelsea, so that played in some, you know, yeah, teams. But also, mind, because so. De Bruyne barely got to play, like similar to Salah, like he barely got to play in Chelsea. Yes, yeah, but yeah, Bruno already had a good track record throughout, yeah. and yeah. it's a shock but I think, for me. But because he's coming, I think he came from the Portuguese league, and people were like, they weren't sure how he would impact the Premier League. We have had players in the past who have come from the Portuguese League and have done really good in the Premier League as well. I mean, almost half of the Wolves team is from uh, players from yeah. Portugal. So. Yeah, but then so, again, if you look at those players, like, sorry to cut in, yeah. I mean, like, those are very, yeah. like, like they didn't come yeah. in for big amounts. They, they were pretty, yeah. like, you know, they are all like yeah. 15, 20 million kind of players. Um, whereas Bruno yeah. was a player where I think, like, the deal is eventually going to go up to 60 million or something with add ons. We paid 47, yeah. is eventually going to Who go. knows what the add ons are? Yeah. yeah. No, like they already said that, like with top four qualification, like uh, 9 million was to be given for, like, okay. you know, as, as add ons. Okay. So people are expecting it to go up to 60. So I don't think, like, uh, based on the Portuguese league, people were willing to shell out that much on Portuguese player. Although, Jao Felix went for some 120 million or something exactly. to that's, Atletico Madrid. Yeah. So like that's, he knows. that's what I was going to say. And, and, and he's not been worth 120 million. He's not worth, worth half of it also. <laughs> but he's still a kid. It's alright. He's still a kid. He's still a kid. Yeah, I think we got really, really lucky with the Bruno transfer. Yep. Here. I mean, uh, it was like probably destined to happen. I mean, I don't think it's something that like we can give Ed credit for either because, <laughs> because the amount of time he has taken to get this deal no. finalized, I think that it was just destiny yeah, he, that he ended up at United. He took he I'm, literally, I'm just... he literally <laughs> took two transfer windows. I don't think it it can take longer than that. Like not only really no. he took two transfer windows, and that also no no you, you signed him like a day or two before the transfer window closed in January. 
No, he's he's done he's done some amazing deal. Even Ander Herrera, I remember, which was not that complicated deal. It got like it yeah, did not happen yeah. the first transfer window. It happened next year. True, like, and he and he had a release clause also. It's not like he had anything had to be negotiated. So, trust had to complicate remi- things. I get reminded of Marwan Salaini with oh, release clause, <laughs> where we ended up paying more than his release clause. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Let's come back. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the next one, uh, the biggest surprise. So I'll go first to Oscar uh, once again. Oscar, who has been your biggest surprise this season? Yeah, so I have two candidates, both midfielders. One is Matic because like many others, even I have been always criticizing Matic after his last year's performance, calling him static Matic and like he's like a bag of cement and stuff like that. But it's really surprising like how the kind of confidence and like how he's kind of grown into that Carrick kind of role where he knows he doesn't have pace, but his positioning is very well and he breaks down attacks and plays the perfect quarterback kind of a role. So one would be Matic and the second one would be Fred because let's face it, everybody thought after Sanchez, obviously, Fred was like a big, like, you know, was our worst signing ever. But uh, this season, like somehow he turned it around and he had continued playing. Like maybe he would have been in the running for one of the best players of the season, at least in the top three or four. Like, you know, with the kind of performances he was putting in before the lockdown. And in fact, before Bruno came in, many games like he and McTominay really put in a shift and played really well. So yeah, Fred and Matic. For me, actually, I will go for um, Anthony Martial. I think his performances were on the down and he was hitting a plateau for the last couple of seasons and I did not know whether he could what his future was in United they all you know Mourinho was playing him at left wing and he was not being played in a center forward role and he did not show the qualities he had shown this season so the kind of hold up play and I thought after this season if he doesn't perform or if he performs similar to 17, 18 or 18, 19. I think 18, 19 he scored, I think 10 league goals or something like that. So, I think he, he's really surprised me. The fact that I was fearing that we would lose him. There were talks about him getting transferred to Tottenham or Inter Milan end of last season. And uh, I spoke to a lot of fans and they were like, yeah, yeah, tell him. I don't think he's going to realize his potential and things like that. And from that to what he's become now, I think he's really surprised me. And yeah. I thought he was moody and the kind of consistency shown, it's just terrific. He's never shown this kind of consistency and I think it's only been spoken. He just, he looks like a proper number nine now. I don't think we need a nine anymore. Yeah. I think we we do to give him a competition, but yeah, I'll take that as yeah. a compliment from your end to Anthony Marshall. Uh, I mean, uh, what about yeah. you? I completely agree with what Pratim said there. I mean, yeah. A lot of fans were still not sold out uh, to the idea that he was our, you know, number nine going forward. Like as we are building a team, he was the number nine. I mean, he has been really, really frustrating at times. So he, I mean, it was a very pleasant surprise him, you know, changing and improving his game like that. But for me, uh, I think the biggest surprise for me was Mason Greenwood uh, because he is an academy graduate. He has been doing amazing, you know, in in the uh, youth leagues and things like that. Uh, but I think um, no, none of us uh, had expected 17 goals from him in his 
breakout season uh, when he was used sparingly in half of the season i think i think that 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 has been a, an amazing impact and the kind of goals this guy scores i mean the bangers the top corner ones and you know the, the shots that he takes i mean it's really really good to see and at times you really get surprised that this guy is only 18 so i have been really really surprised with him really happy uh, to see him playing for us and have really high hopes from him going forward as well i think for me it is another academic graduate that is brandon williams mason we all knew that he is a potential right but for brandon to come in break in and give luke shaw run for money for the place i think that was amazing and right, the way right. he played the way he played against chelsea against that two nil performance the way he was playing and hudson yeah. odoi he actually put hudson odoi out of the park so yeah. amazing i mean yeah. even though a fit luksha is much better than brandon yeah. but this is his first breakthrough season and we tend to forget that and like he's not, only going to get better from there forget him pocketing adama troyre and with the yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. pace trail yeah. they has to just like, simply yeah. keep him out of the game for the whole game is amazing so yeah and yeah. he likes so, to like yeah. you know he likes to take a turn when he is in the in the box and then brandon williams ensured that he never gets taken out with that yeah. he used to like stay with him and things like that that was really impressive i mean even the the commentators used to you know applaud him yeah. while the game is being played that dude this is not something that you expect from a 19 year old or 18 year old so yeah that was very impressive as this discussion is detailed we divided it into two parts and this is the end of part one the second part of the discussion where we discuss more about united and the team's performance will be available soon do share your feedback and let us know your opinion on these points thank you